0: Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. Thanks for listening to The Tour Coach. These are the players, coaches, experts, stories, and insights from my work on the PGA Tour at my retreats or my downtown teaching center in Mobile, Alabama. My goal is to shed light and share insights from the people who I've gotten to know and meet working on the PGA Tour and teaching through my career. And I hope this helps all of us play, coach, and teach better golf. If you like what you hear, please give us a good review and take a look at our new Sweepers YouTube channel or the Sweeper on Instagram, where I've taken some time to share videos of help from my teachings, travels, and journeys.
1: So joining me here on the tour coach, one of my favorite interviews. If you don't know, he's been on several times. One of the best, if not the best, teacher out there going on the PGA Tour. One of my good friends. Justin Parsons from uh, over at Sea Island. JP, what are you doing, buddy?
2: Hey, Tony. Just um, running through a little storm here this afternoon, so I thought it, uh, I'd take the chance to get caught up with you and see that you're doing okay.
1: Yeah, I'm doing good, recovering, getting getting healed up and ready to get back out there, starting to do a little teaching. So, you know, it's, uh, it's funny, like we get to the, you and I talk, you get to this time of year, regardless of whether you've got health stuff going on or not. I mean it's you're beat to hell by the time you get to this time of year and you're ready for some time off and been watching your Instagram I know you've been do, doing some regular old teaching there at home so it's gotta
2: be nice. You well know, it's funny to get back and, and sort of reassess and uh, you know, it's funny I had a guy in today and he was he was saying to me about, you know, teaching you know, teaching him he's a he's a maybe a ten to twelve handicapper you know, whether, whether I enjoy that and whether, you know, we get as much out of it from working with the tour guys. And I honestly believe that, you know, if you stop teaching your, let's call them, you know, they're not regular clients, but, you know, just, just everyday golfers. I think it, it, it de-sharpens your, your set because you, you know, you can, you really have to know how to communicate and you can be a little bit more creative with your drills and exercises because you probably need to get more done and and you can see how the body's working and you can, uh, you can figure a few things out. So it's been uh, but it's been it's been really nice to get home. You know, a lot of the boys that you know, had good years this year. You know, all the way up through the playoffs, and uh, I, I didn't have, have just as much um, fun on the golf course in Vegas um, as I wanted to. But uh, you know, it is a time of year where there's a lot of kind of tired uh, tired minds and uh, fairly tired bodies out there. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. So you had a you had a great year last year. I think most all of your guys played
1: good. I mean, I'm sure. Like all of our, all of us, you've you've always got somebody you feel like could have helped more, or maybe could have done better, or finished it better, or whatever. But in general, you got to be happy with the year everybody had. And in particular, I mean the years that, like, I mean Harris English and the job you've done with him is just amazing to me. I've watched Harris from afar from my time at Frederica and even before that. You know, it's impressive. So, what do you do at the end of a great year when everybody was pretty damn happy? Which isn't always the case.
2: Well, I think you know uh, it's such a there's very few jobs in the world where they where you have to play for your living every single year. And I know you know someone like Harris who maybe won a couple of times. He's got that luxury of having two years. But you know we all know how important momentum is in golf. And uh, you know the great year that you know that he's had has been obviously kind of bookended by a Ryder Cup. But that's brought with it you know its own little bit of fatigue. You know he's fighting off a, a lower back strain that's that's uh you know reoccurred and um, you know we're looking at uh we're looking at various avenues to make sure that that's you know handled in the short to mid term and, and is being you know being looked after in the longer term and, you know that's just the attrition of the sport that we're in i mean we're you know i i my gut tells me that these guys probably play a little bit more golf mentally than they can handle i don't think i think they can most of them can handle it physically but just the the attrition of tournament golf on the mind and the fact that, you know, the golf swing fluctuates and their fields fluctuate and they're in different places all the time. And, you know, as you and I both know, it's uh, it's probably a lot more glamorous looking into it than it is actually doing it. I found that
1: you know some of my most challenging years were the years after really good years, because to me, like expectations go up when a guy has a great year. And then also, by definition, if they've had a great year and they've gone deep in the playoffs, hell, they've probably played two, three extra weeks than other people. So yeah. they're tired. So the expectations are higher. They're tired, and then you know, COVID's changed a little bit where maybe they don't have to go as much overseas. But like you know, there but there's these extra tournaments in the fall, and you know they they're pressured because you feel like you got to play because you know FedEx Cup points early. Don't want to get behind the eight ball. And then they're playing a fall season right after they've had a big season that they've played late, expectations are higher and they're tired. To me that's a recipe that like is very difficult to coach with. Like that's to me that's one of the more challenging things that we experience is everybody thinks when a guy's had a great year it's just like a coast and a cakewalk, but sometimes those are your more challenging situations.
2: No doubt and I mean it's you know it's always interesting to say that. I always try to you know, think about you know when I was dipping my feet into the the PGA Tour stuff and looking at you know the, the great success that you know Sean Foley was having and you know the, the great success Boyd had. and Then all of a sudden they have a couple of years where they're you know where they're not doing as good. And that that doesn't mean that they're not doing a good job. It just means that the the cycle of this sport is you know it it fluctuates an awful lot. And I think you know I try and remind myself that every day. You know, you and I have talked about that. And you know, whilst you know, you might have a great 2021. You might not just have as good 2022, but that doesn't mean you don't, you know, keep believing in yourself and keep working hard and keep trying to, you know, figure out how to help help players get better. And I, you know, I, I guess that's the that's the nature of it, and that you know cycles back around to teaching the you know the regular golfer. If we can get them to hit hit the golf ball a little bit better, get them to play a little bit better every time we see them, you know, then I guess we're doing our jobs. Yeah, I think you you, you know, for me, you know, it's, it's sometimes
1: it's been challenging and difficult. To not tie how you're good as a how good you are as a teacher to how your tour players play, and that's a challenge. Yeah. And you, you've been a great friend with that with me, with that with reminding me that where sometimes it gets it sometimes it gets difficult. And like you just talked about, one of the more refreshing things is to spend some time with juniors and college players and or ten handicaps or fifteen handicappers that are really wanting to get better. It kind of refreshes you a little bit to go to you know to turn around and spend some time with
2: those type of golfers no doubt no you you know you got to keep you got to keep sharpening your skill set and you're always always learning it's been nice i've I've had the chance marnus marais uh, who works with louis and and, uh zander schauffler and a a bunch of guys he's given me some back exercises that i've been doing i've got the chance to go out and hit some balls recently my back's felt a bit better and i always think that helps you as well when you're you know, when we're on the road it's hard to do that and then, you know, with with all the great facilities we have here at Sea Island, that you know, I've I've been nipping over a retreat and a couple of shots and you know, working on different grip pressures and different feels with my arms and things that I've been trying to figure out with you know great success of guys like Morikawa and John Ram and, and you know, things that I would probably never teach yet, but trying to figure out how different parts of it work and I've always used myself as a guinea pig. You know, and it's nice to be able to get back out there and, and hit some shots. And it doesn't—it doesn't mean that I'm hitting it unbelievable, but it means that you're—you're you're kind of learning. And if you—if you learn and you figure some stuff out, then you can begin to to drip feed it into you know somebody who needs it. Maybe it can—it uh, could be something that a the client can really benefit from in the future. Yeah,
1: no, I love that, and I mean I do the same with some of the folks I work with, and uh, and been able to hit some for the last few weeks, but this time of year is always the time of year where I get a little bit more time to go play a little golf myself and try some things, but more than anything, just it, to me, it helps me like mentally recharge and go back to figuring out why you love helping people. Cause it's, you know, I think it all started cause we love playing,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. And you know, you've got to get, you know, I think you've got to uh, again, manage that idea that, Okay, well, Harrison, I should have won twice, so I'm only ever any good whenever English or Louis or whoever else wins golf tournaments. You know, you you've got to continue to show up and you've got to continue to work hard, and then ultimately they've got to go, get out do their jobs. And hopefully, when they do their jobs well, they you know they continue to have that success. But um, you know, we are only a small part of it, and I suppose we shouldn't really be thinking of our own self worth by how whether they shoot 68 or 73.
1: Another challenging thing for me, and I want your opinion on this, is, you know, inevitably if you have enough guys playing, you're going to have somebody play good and somebody play shitty in the same way, right? You know, and that's like a, you know, it's kind of like a torture feeling, right? You know, you're super happy for the one, but then you're worried about the other. How do you balance that? How have you learned to deal with that?
2: The worry and the torture is always worse than the... (laughs) them playing well is good if that makes sense. You know, you always oh you know, you always focus down. I think you double down on, on making sure that the person that's not doing well, you know, you, you want to spend more time, you wanna you want to invest more energy and you want to make sure that they're you know that they're they're gonna come back up. And I, I do think, you know, when when you flick on that, you know, that PGA tour app and you get yourself into a you know, I, I get myself into a terrible habit of doing that. You see somebody's, you know, five under or ten under and then somebody's four over you worry about the 4-over a lot more than you're happy about the 10-under. Yeah, and I think most
1: people that on the outside looking in, at folks like us would probably think it would be the other way. You'd just be super excited. But I think we always find ourselves worrying more about the guy that's struggling, you know, than the other way around. So now you've had guys play well. So what, what's an off-season like for you, JP? Like, so, I mean, we don't get much, obviously. You got a few more weeks and then going to wrap up the fall season at your home there at Sea Island. I'm looking forward to coming over for a few days. How do you get guys, one? How do you get guys through this last stretch? It's it's so tiring to me. I mean, you know, this last stretch of golf.
2: I think uh, you know the way that we've you know, Brian, um Harris's has been playing up a little bit, so I think he's very certainly had to pull out of CJ Cup. That's you know obvious, and uh, so re- you know, really, he's just been resting and working through. So I've just been you know keeping in contact with him and some of the you know the medical stroke physical stuff. You know, Brian Harmon's been, you know, getting his teeth into some golf swing stuff. And, and, you know, having, sometimes having a little, little refreshing kind of feel in your golf swing, something that we've worked on a little bit on camera, and that they go, okay, yeah, that looks really good. I'm really excited about how I'm hitting it when I'm doing that." that. That can give them a bit of sort of refreshing, refreshing vigor. You know, Louis is going to come play RSM, you know, he may play Houston, but uh, he's just trying to, you know, take a little bit of time and uh, get himself, you know, really revamped and ready to go for 2022. And I've recently started with Brandon Grace, another South African player, and Brandon's going to come down and spend a little bit of time at the island, which is great. And I think, you know, that, that's, that's one thing since moving here, It's you know, it's so good to get work done when you're away from golf tournaments. It's, you know, it's so good right. to be able to. To be able to do that, you know that that ten to fifteen handicapper experience, where you can go in the studio, you know, you, know, you can work through a few things. You can you can be a little bit more elaborate with your you know with your illustrations of what you want to get done with the golf swing in a way that you would never do at a golf tournament. You know because I, you know, I find myself ever more being you know less and less technical at golf tournaments and, and almost getting away from giving them very much technique stuff to think about at all from a, from a Monday all the way through to when the gun goes off. But, you know, it's nice to be a CI and we've got great facilities where we can we can provide them with those illustrations, show them that, you know, that things are getting better and they're going to put the club on the ball better, if it you know, if it performs a certain way, whether that's on gears or whether that's on, on swing cap or whether, you know, that's on video. And, I you know, I think that can give them a, a, a sort of a fresh perspective because they, most of them, you know, you know what like, Tony, they know what they're. What their underlying flaws are, whether they're you know they're they're too far under it or they're too far from you know too steep or too shot whatever, and if they see it lining up and they see it working in a certain way that you know they can approach it with a with a, a lot more vigor. But I will say that you know this time of year you know I'm not doing just as many like performance based drills, short game drills, and I'm not into that real you know the real hard yard type of work because of, you know right the appetite from the players. At the moment, it's really more so of you know let's you know get myself down to Mexico, you know get into a hotel and 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 let's get ready to play golf again, and and, and that's where that's where they are. But for me, it'll be you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pretty much you know hang a bit. I've got my uh, I've been in the United States for almost three years now, so my my visa stuff's still ongoing. I'm, I'm doing some work there. Um, you know, getting myself through some, through some things that, uh, that, that are going to allow me to, to get back on the road in 2022. I'm really looking forward to the r s f Classic. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, I think you and I are going to spend a bit of time up in Pinehurst, talking a bit more golf yep. in, a, in a couple of weeks, which I'm looking forward to as well. People are going to get tired of listening to you and I talk at some point. Yeah, probably,
1: but probably already. Probably already. It seems that with the schedule, it's harder to work away from a tournament, but, uh, you and I talked up, at I think it was Liberty National, and we talked some. And I, I—that I, was the first time that I did any work with Richie Warinsky, who I started working with. And like, man, I, you know, I think I told you, like, I dreaded it because, like, first time you're going to work with a guy is at a tournament. Like, you can't really do much. You know, and 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 it wasn't really until we spent some time in South Florida together and did some work with Colby, and then you know we just we just had a really good day up at his home, at Sage Valley out up, up there in Aiken, where we got to really address some things. But like I think I don't think people understand like we don't walk in as tour teachers at an event and necessarily just jump right in and implement something new. like. You know, Mm -hmm. really, I think one of the arts of teaching, and I'd love your opinion on this, is really picking the time of when to introduce new things because it's not just playing. You've got personal stuff going on. You've got their fatigue. You've got how they're feeling about their game. I mean, there's a multitude of things. It's a real art of figuring out the time when you want to interject the next piece of the puzzle.
2: Well, I, I remember, you know, a good few years ago, I think maybe even hearing Claude say to me, you know, uh, and perhaps from from things that Butch had said that, you know, sometimes it's a lot more powerful to say nothing than it is to say something. And I think certainly as I, as I get older and hopefully involved and uh, evolve and get better, you know, I think learning to say nothing to somebody, you know, because because oftentimes as you know, you know, when the player hires a new coach, they're thinking, okay, he's going to tell me something about my swing that I've never mm-hmm. heard before, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna find this game really easy, which again is. You know, it's, it, that, that that can be part of the uh, the the pitfall of of the players going from coach to coach. They're just looking for that magic bullet that uh, that oftentimes really has got you know, is, if if it ever exists, it's probably by chance, and more often than not, I don't think it does exist. So, you know, to to your point, learning to you know sell your message in a different way, help them understand that you know this is the way I operate whenever I'm working at an event, and this is the way that you know we might do things whenever we're away from events, um, certainly if it's a, if it's a player who's, you know, kind of intellectually in tune with the way the game of golf works, then he's someone who can go, yeah, I'm not going to expect for me to, you know, to, to tell me to, you know, move the club differently and i my halfway back this week. But, you know, you might have that discussion when you're at Sage Valley, you know, who knows? So I guess it's, um, it's our job to, to sort of illustrate that we understand how the, how the game of golf works and, uh, you know, and then when you get the chance to get them away from events, you can, you know, you can, you can get your, get your hands in a little bit more and get what needed to be done done. I was thinking about this the other day. You and I, we talked about it one
1: other time. We we're sitting having a beer, but I was thinking about all the success you're having with your players, and I think you've done a real one. I think you're, you got a bunch of guys that live right there by you, and also yeah. you got a great place. But you've got, you know. You've got a bunch of guys that now where you work and teach. They're there, or they come there to work and spend time away from it. And I think that I think that's a big reason. Obviously, you're a great teacher, but like I think that that's. But I think that that helps get the results. Is that that these guys are buying into understanding that you have a plan for them. They know you can make them better, but they know that like hey to to tackle some of these things that they might want to tackle. Like, they got to go with you to Sea Island and work at it. You know what I mean? Like, you
2: can't just throw it out there on the range in Vegas. There's no doubt that, you know, when you you look at the list of of teachers that Harris had before he, you know, before he had someone, me, at at Sea Island, you know, he had a list of really, really good people who tried to help him. Mm -hmm. Um, And without, without being there, without being on the range and being able to, you know, and put the put the pieces back in place and not have the distraction of, Okay, well you've got a tea time at ten thirty, so we you know we 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 better do this really fast and you know, now I know that was confusing, but just go and play and then we'll do something else later on. And we, we we didn't have to do that at the start. We could and to your point, you know, calmly go about the you know, go about the process of, of, of putting it all back together and having that time together which is you know, which is so so important. So no, I would I would one hundred percent agree. There's no way that I could have uh there's no way I could have we could have had that sort of success without having a, a home base, you know, like Sea Island and, and having those people away from away from golf tournaments. So, you know, that's uh, that's been a very very fortunate part of this uh, this little journey and, and hopefully we can continue to track on into another year.
1: The one thing I wanna talk about as well is these are all things I think we've talked about too, is as I've gotten older I've realized also that like you can't help everybody. And it's important to find somebody that's actually going to buy in to what it is that I'm saying or you're saying, our plan, like, if they're not, then the the plan and the relationship's probably not going to work anyways, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and, and I, I think coming up, and, and, and even until recently, like, I don't know that I was very good at that. I think, like, I was just eager to try to have another tour player. Yeah. But, like, you know, I've, I've done more, try to be more introspective and think about more things and... I bounced shit. I bounced a bunch of it off of you. Like, I think like finding the right match and somebody that's going to buy in is equally as important
2: sometimes as the information. we get. Well, I agree. I think I think there's there's a couple of little you know segues from there. I think that the better you can get at being able to reach people, you know, I put an Instagram thing up a while ago about Jack Lumpkin and Jack and I were sitting talking. You know, Jack still. You know, he's still very much involved in in Brian's work. And, you know, I obviously oversee stuff on the road. And then, you know, Jack and I share, share a lot of the responsibilities when we're on Sea Island. And, you know, Jack said to me, you you know, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you know how to, how to change the message to reach more people. Because if you can't change your message, in other words, articulate it in a different way, tell a different story, put it in a different way, you're not going to reach as many people. So I think part of the art of it is being able to, you know, tell the story in the way that the person in front of you is going to associate with and, and understand and enjoy. But to your point, I think if there's a you know if there's a disconnect there, or if they're you know they're not really buying in, I think you know you're you're probably better off cutting it off you know quickly and, and moving on quickly. And I think you know you and I know when it feels like that. You know when it when it feels like it needs to it needs to move in a different direction. It's it's a it's a little bit like back in the day when you're when you were 16 and the girl didn't have any interest in you anymore, you'd be better off just walking away than to continue to annoy her? Yeah. You're telling that to a guy who's been
1: married four times. So I've obviously
2: <laughs> mastered that yeah. a li-
1: Obviously mastered that part a little bit. I've probably done right. better with that teaching part, J.B. Um, <laughs> <so, laughs> so you talk about you know getting better at getting your message to more people. As you look at 2022 coming up, mean, you're you're at the very top of your game no question how do you keep getting better like what what if like if you are honest with yourself i don't mean to get personal here but like if you look at your team like what what do you say to yourself like hey i got to get better at this next year like to do better like I, I mean i think all
2: of us that do this ask ourselves that like what do you have to get better at i think sometimes i oftentimes think that the 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 things that are the simple day-to-day things are the things you need to get better at in order for the whole process to get better. So, right. you know, I made a pact with myself, which I've been reasonably good at, to make sure that I send them a note as to what our, our my plan is each time that I see them. So either we've had a conversation the night before or the day before, or I'm gonna get a text message. You're gonna say, look, this two hours that we're gonna spend, or three hours, or 90 minutes tomorrow is gonna to look like this. We're gonna do this, 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 and this. So the process is planned, and it was funny. I went. Harris kindly, you know, took myself and Eric uh, Larson, his caddy, to the Georgia football training. And obviously, I'm trying to, you know, trying to get my head around, uh, you know, NFL, American football, uh, college football. And we went to How the facility doing? Out. <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing i'm doing okay i'm almost a dog i mean I'm, I'm, i' you know i don't, you know uh, but I'm, I'm i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to understand it I kind of like the falcons I've met Matt Matt ryan he's a fantastic fantastic guy who's uh you know he's he he uh, he's he's doing a great job but but anyway, we went to this we went to the training facility which blew my mind, and we saw these incredible young young athletes. Who were so well organized, and I looked at the coaching staff, and I just thought to myself, you know, not only did the recovery stuff and some of the physical training stuff, and you know, but it also struck me how well organized the whole thing needed to be in order for it even to tick at all. You know, they sit and they have briefings from two thirty to four thirty, and then they have practice from four thirty to six thirty. And I kind of figured, you, a lot of times for me, my own personal side, you know, sometimes the, the guy just turns up in the range, and I kind of walk out, and I go, hey, how's it going? And we put her around, and you know there's, there's no real pre-plan in that and I feel like that's one of the things I really want to make sure I get better at is knowing where we are within the journey knowing where we are within the story and trying to make sure the player you know understands wh- where we are and what we're going to be doing because I think that that planning of the process i think will will ultimately make the process more efficient so you know i, I I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't want to you know learn more about the way the you know, the pressures are being applied to the handle of the club and how the body's working. And I've been, you know, interested in, in a lot more neck tilts and some visual stuff lately. But, you know, overall, I think, you know, sometimes it's the it's the planning, it's the, you know, making sure everything's timely, making sure you're on time. You know, all of the little things I think probably add up to the bigger picture. Yeah, fascinating. That's, I mean, that's great advice.
1: Nah, no, I love that stuff. And, you know, I can't can't disagree with any of it I think that uh, you know for me you know I've tried to you know I think at times like I take players for granted and that they're doing okay and then maybe sometimes shift too much attention to another guy that's struggling and then before you check back on the other guy maybe they're not in a good place and it's hurt your relate you know like I, for yeah. me it's not taking any player for granted right and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and with that being said is so there's been obviously a limit to, like, our time and our energy and our abilities. For you, and, I mean, this is a touch, Like, but like, is there a limit? Because I, I know before I've watched guys out there that maybe have 10 guys, and I'm like, how the hell? I mean, shit, there's no way I can do that, right? Because I'm very personable and like to be with the guys. Like, is there a limit to how many folks you can help at one time, or do you feel like you get less of I mean, how does that
2: work for you? You know, I basically said that I can have five players are full-time Players who have a you know I have a, an ongoing responsibility to them at home at the golf school and on the road and from there from that sort of five those are those are my five guys that I'm going to continue to put you know put all of my energy into you know conscious energy when I'm you know traveling when I'm not traveling etc so that you know you really are on the on the journey with them and you know obviously with with some of the success comes in chess and, and you know I, I have. You know, I've, I've I've tried to figure out a way then to, you know, see guys whenever I'm at the golf performance center, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that my job there is is to try and help, you know, give them my best, absolute best efforts. If they book me for half a day or a day, I'm you know, I'm trying to help them in every way that I can. But that that help, you know, that help remains at the golf performance center and, and isn't extended to, you know, me. Looking at video and answering questions and, and being on the road because the f- the five guys who've invested in me and who have uh, you know shown in many cases great loyalty and great trust in me I think if there were many more than that I think it would be it'd be really difficult to do a good job now obviously if you get a you know a, a, a fine player that you know you've helped and I, I've helped a little bit Bill has. I and mean, Bill's come in and he's had a couple of golf lessons at the uh, he's had three hours with me at the at the performance center. You know, we I saw him in Vegas. We had a nice chat, but I, you know, I did stand and watch him balls. And he kind of, he, you know, he understands that. So, uh, you know, that's that's part of the process. And you know, I guess you know, when you get better at something, you kind of need to learn to say no. And you know, you need to make sure that you, uh, you know, you continue to display loyalty to people who've been who've been loyal to and looked after you. And uh, it's it's a tricky part of it because you can go sideways very quickly. You know, if all of a sudden I head you know, eight guys out there and, and uh, you know, Harris needed to, need to be somewhere and, and Louie needed to be somewhere else. And, and then all of a sudden I've got two new people, you know, they just think, <laughs> you know, really care about them. And that's, uh, you know, that's what we need to avoid.
1: Yeah. And, I, and, and again, that's my challenge. I, I, I'm trying to get better at that. And I always like picking your brain about that stuff. Justin, this was one that's great, always catching up with you. Looking forward to doing that thing at Pinehurst with you. We'll dazzle them, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to introduce you and sit back and let you talk. But anyways, congrats on a hell of a year. I know you're going to keep it going. And also, thanks for all your support and friendship over the last year. You know how much I appreciate it. Look forward to hanging out and having a beer soon.
2: You're a good man, Tony. Thanks a lot. Safe driving. Uh, we'll, we'll chat again soon. That's Justin Parsons. I'm Tony Ruggiero. We'll catch you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors Shrikshawn, Buick, Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Do Sweepers channel on YouTube, as well as the Do Sweeper on Instagram, or go to DewsweepersGolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.